0: Well, hello and welcome to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast. March, of course, is Women's History Month and March 8th is International Women's Day. I'm looking forward to signing a proclamation to commemorate the social, economic, and political achievements of women across the world and right here in our very own city. Uh, it's obvious that women make up about half of the city, but while strides have been made, our community still has an urgent need to have a focus on helping women and girls. In over 11 years as mayor, I've had the opportunity with just some tremendous, amazing women leaders in our city government. And that includes, but certainly is not limited to, women leading our police department, our public works, our IT and innovation efforts, our management and budget, and of course our indispensable Deputy Mayor Ellen Hessen as well. They are great role models and hopefully trailblazers for more to come. Now, we've recently elevated our Office for Women to be a part of our Office for Equity and brought in a dynamic new leader for these efforts. And today we're joined by the Office for Women's new director, Gretchen Hunt, to talk about this work. And Gretchen, I'm delighted uh, that you're part of our team here. I know you from the public arena and I've seen you work and seen the passion that you have for a lot of issues, but particularly for women's issues as well. So please tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Thank you so much, Mayor. And I'm so excited to be part of this team one month in, and we're already doing a lot of passion projects, so it's it's an honor. Um, I'm a lawyer, I'm an advocate for women. I've done work on gender-based violence for the past 22 years, starting first at the Center for Women Families here in Louisville, representing immigrant survivors, and then have worked in nonprofit and government, including working for Attorney General, then Attorney General Andy Bashir on initiatives that impacted you in, in Louisville, including the rape kit backlog and human trafficking. So that's a little bit about myself. I'm from Louisville since age five and um, have two kids, and my husband lives here, and we are, we are proud Louisvillians and just excited to, to be doing this work now in this city.
0: And your husband's an attorney as well?
1: He is. He's at Legal Aid Society and works on behalf of folks who need civil free civil legal assistance. Okay,
0: so a couple both with good hearts. And Mm -hmm. I, I never have asked you, what got you into this work in the first place?
1: Well, uh, probably several things. My mother is a retired pediatric nurse practitioner and always taught me the value of accompanying and listening to women and really supporting them. So I credit her for for everything that I am. Um, My faith informed my work. Um, My church was very focused on social justice. And then the third is just a a feeling that people have a fundamental right to be free from violence and women in particular need those barriers removed so that they can thrive.
0: And what's the church that... uh
1: Epiphany Catholic Church. Oh, very good.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, my mom's cousin, uh, Jimmy Flynn, was the founding priest at Epiphany back in the day, and so that's where I went as a teenager as well. So Epiphany's put out a lot of good social justice folks, and I learned all my social justice at the knees of Jimmy Flynn, so I've always appreciated that.
1: He's a great leader. Yes, Yes, he is.
0: So give us a snapshot of women's equity. How are we looking here in the city? What are some of the national challenges that you see And then what are you hopeful for and what are you most concerned about?
1: Yeah, well, I think all of us know that right now the pandemic has hit everyone hard, but it's hit women and in particular mothers and in particular um, black women, uh, immigrant women, you know, women who are on the front lines of workforce who couldn't take time off, who couldn't stay at home with their kids to avoid the virus have been hardest hit. We know that. We've actually been set back probably decades in terms of women's advancement in the workplace because so many women had to drop out for lack of daycare or lack of flexibility with work. So I think right now we see that as one of the biggest challenges and um, we still see a rise in gender-based violence. So even in our city, you know, what we hear is, anecdotally that domestic violence may have gotten worse and and risen. So those challenges of gender-based violence. So that is the urgency that I think we feel, housing instability, other issues that that are very much impacting women in this community. The opportunity is that we can create a new normal. So I think that people are seeing that the old ways didn't work, that we need to do things like paid family leave that you championed, and we need to look at daycare deserts, and we need to look at new ways of addressing these challenges so we can keep women in the workforce and thereby raise the status of the whole community. So I'm hopeful about um, people being aware now of these challenges and and the need and the urgency to address them.
0: Well, the importance of your work and where you're at at this point in time is to raise these issues, right? You know, weak organizations depress the issue so that we don't talk about them. Gender-based violence makes people uncomfortable. During the pandemic, there was a decrease in the reports of domestic violence that were taking place. And, you know, we don't see how that's really possible because people were confined at home. It seems like there would have been more, but the ability for the woman typically, not always, but usually the victim of violence to be able to report this, that was constrained. So, how do we elevate these issues and talk about them and make sure that society knows one, you can talk about it, and then two, here's the pathway forward. So, I really appreciate that aspect of the work that you're doing.
1: Absolutely. I think, and we'll continue to work across Metro government to make sure that all of the departments are really empowered on how to address gender based violence and try to meet people where they are and think of new and creative ways. You know, Dr. Moyer at Public Health, T. Gonzalez at the Center for Health Equity, you know, really partnering with um my colleagues within metro government to say how can we be most impactful and reduce violence through a public he- health approach through policies and through awareness
0: and lmpd and uh what their protocol is when they encounter a situation where they suspect that there could be abuse is present and the questioning protocol that they have to determine if in fact that is going on
1: absolutely and we also really want to look um constructively at ways that you know historical racism and systemic barriers impact people in terms of whether or not they they access services take for example we have higher rates of domestic violence homicide among black women across the country and one idea is that because of systemic racism more um, of their partners are unemployed so an economic systemic barrier actually makes women unsafer. So how are we looking at job creation as a way of preventing domestic violence? We don't think sometimes of those intersecting issues, but that if we are addressing systemic inequality and racism, we're also um, impacting gender-based violence. So I'm excited about the ways that we can be working together on systemic issues that you've really worked on and that so many community leaders are as a way of of keeping women safer as well.
0: Well, we need innovation, right? Innovative ways to think about issues that are both you know challenging but yet still full of opportunity so you're driving deeper down into the system here because it's inarguable that a lot of the outcomes that we're getting as our society just are not acceptable right so we've got to look at the upstream processes and systems that are creating these and say how do we disrupt them for better results. One of the ways we tried to do that was with paid parental leave mm-hmm. and so I've had the honor of signing that into uh, law when I was in office here so tell us a little bit about what the evidence is around paid parental leave.
1: Yeah, that's a game changer. And Metro government and you and your team um, should really be praised for leading on that because it's, it's not something that all governments are doing. And so it really is that, that this um, community has made this be a value. So the first thing it does is it keeps good employees. Um, you know, women, for example, who have time off with their kiddos end up working more the first year that they're back, so their production actually is increased compared to people who didn't take leave off. Um, it results in positive health outcomes, of course, for mother and child. But for dads, f- potentially who were staying home, or two dads who parent a child, you know that they both have time to bond with the child. So it increases that attachment, which we know has long-term results for, you know, children in terms of their educational achievement and their wealth achievement down the line. So that early investment in parenting is just so critical both for a good workplace and a healthy thriving economy and community.
0: And it's it's good progress we made, but the truth is compared to some other countries around the world, what they offer for maternity leave and paternity leave, America is still quite far behind.
1: That's right. That's right. It would it would be great to keep expanding that. It would be great if we see supports increase for daycare you know across our community because we know that's also an issue that's impacting working families right now even issues one of which our the office for women is working on right now is diaper need um, which is seems like what can a diaper do for the economy but without diapers you can't send a kid to child care and without diapers you know you can't bond um, mother and child and there's all these ramifications so if we can if we can change the needle and as you said bring up these issues to the attention of the community and change them we can really change workforce participation and the economy of the whole city and women in particular
0: so it's up to us to really spell out those benefits because frankly a lot of companies just don't think about it to say oh that's more time off that's not good for us as a company we know it's better for society And certainly it's better for our companies as well in terms of workforce. So I really want to encourage all of our employers that don't have paid maternity and paternity leave to really take a deep look at those benefits. We're happy to share information, but encourage them to offer those to their employees as well. What other type of things are you seeing in terms of uh, uh, benefits that you see are helping women, helping companies? What would you like to see in our city?
1: Well, I would love to see a gender focus. So we've done a lot of good work within Metro government of, using a racial toolkit to analyze every project or program to say, you know what is the impact on people who've been traditionally marginalized by race? How are we collecting outcomes? How are we considering this? How are we considering considering barriers? I would like for that same approach to happen also with gender so that whether you're a metro office or you're a corporation or a nonprofit, you're saying, how does this impact women? How are we removing barriers to women? Um, so whether you're accessing workforce participation, are we having that at times that women can attend the workshops? Is there childcare provided? Are we allowing that on-ramp for opportunity for women? Because things might look different. Policies on gender-based violence you know, in the workplace. If those are in place, those also raise the status of women. So it's addressing those particular barriers that unfortunately are faced by women so often and really seeing that as everyone's shared responsibility. So whether you're in planning or zoning, or you're in a corporate setting, you're in a bank setting, or you're in a nonprofit, you are taking on what are seen as traditionally women's issues. And that's the challenge of this office is to spread out our work so that everyone takes on the mission of elevating the status of women in this community.
0: I wanna make a plug for women entrepreneurs as well. When I see our micro businesses around the community, so these are businesses that require startup capital usually of $5,000 or less. I mean, they are dominated by women. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you take a look at women-led companies, women-owned companies that are over a million dollars in revenue, there's a real gap there. So at one, I wanna encourage female entrepreneurship, but then also for the community's entrepreneurial ecosystem to really help women with the, any specific challenges they might have, whether it's funding, venture capital, what have you, to move to that million dollar in revenue mark and then grow beyond that as well.
1: Yeah, I think you see that glass ceiling in a lot of environments. So you take even civic engagement and women in, in public office. So you, you see people get up to a certain level, but not rise to the, to the highest level, or you see people in corporate setting not rise up. You still don't see that critical mass. Um, And when we talk about women in general, it's important to talk about women in particular, right? Are we talking about black women, Latina women, Asian women who are even more underrepresented in those communities? So we need to figure out what will work to make people rise up to that level. What will be the supports that are in place and how can we remove some of those barriers that are, I think, artificially suppressing women's talents and capabilities. Um, And so that's the work of our office too. We have a seven part focus of gender-based violence, human trafficking, social and economic well-being, education, housing, autonomy, and civic engagement. It's a lot, but that's because we have to look at this comprehensively to allow women to to thrive and truly um, succeed in this city.
0: And to make maximum impact on your work, you need partners. So if you're talking to the community and asking for partners, what kind of help do you need?
1: Well, we need every type of of help right now. So um, partnership in terms of letting us know um, what good initiatives are happening that you're that you're doing that address women, and how can we replicate those or amplify those? What are the needs of women in your community? You know, we want to develop. Um, a project really where we are connecting more with women leaders across the city. And when I say women leaders, I don't just mean the women in formal positions of leadership, I mean the women who everybody goes to in the community, who are running the church and knowing what's what's happening and people go to for help. We wanna hear from people, what are the needs that you're seeing of women in the community and how can we help? And then of course, corporate partners and nonprofit partners, we would love to partner with them on programming and elevating these issues. And um, we'll have opportunities that we'll be rolling out throughout Women's History Month. You know, We're talking about diaper need, we're gonna be talking about highlighting international women, immigrant women, entrepreneurs. And so there's a lot of opportunities for people to get involved with the Office for Women and the work that we're doing in partnership with the community.
0: And so if people want to learn more about what's going on during Women's History Month, where where can you send them?
1: You can go to the Office for Women website. We have a Facebook page. We are on Twitter. And, of course, there's good old-fashioned phone number and email. So we'll be sure to include that information. But it's also all on the website.
0: So come to louisvilleky.gov and then just search in the...
1: That's correct. Office for Women. Yes.
0: Perfect. Okay. Well, Gretchen, I really appreciate the really tremendous energy and value you're bringing to... Our city and all of our residents, and look forward to more great conversations with you.
1: Thank you so much, Mayor.
0: All right, everybody, thanks for joining the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast, and look forward to the next one.